from the Game Nashville Studios, presented by Wholesale Inc. Mount Juliet. It's time to take you behind the scenes in Smashville. Cuts across, he scores! This is the Preds' official podcast with Thomas Willis and Brooks Bratton. Powerful move from back of the net. On Smashville's best sports talk. ESPN. 102.5 The Game. Welcome to the Predators official podcast here on ESPN 1025 The Game, streaming on the Game Nashville app and wherever you find your favorite podcast. It's the final episode of the month of June. We are now almost halfway through the year. Brooks Bratton alongside Thomas Willis, a.k.a. social media guy. We are of NashvillePredators.com. <laughs> this may be the most jam-packed show we've ever had, Thomas Willis. These are the two busiest weeks of the offseason. I can't wait. These are going to be some fun shows. Why don't we just dive right into it? Let's do it. <laughs> so coming up on episode 41. Hey, I'm back in America. Good start. What a trip that was in Vancouver. I'm no longer on a ferry. It's good to be back in the studio. All of us are on a ferry right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> in landlocked Tennessee somehow. We've taken our show to BC Ferries. <laughs> the Predators picked eight while we were up there at the NHL draft in Vancouver, including first rounder Philip Tomasino. We will have a chat with him later on in the program. Development camp, of course, currently underway. And, oh, by the way, free agency right around the corner, July 1, 11 a.m. Central. We will have plenty of discussions as well as your Twitter questions. But first, nothing really happened in Vancouver other mm-hmm. than a P.K. Subban trade. Oh, other yeah. than that, it was kind of light. Oh, yeah. The Predators deal P.K. Subban on Saturday morning at the draft in Vancouver to New Jersey in exchange for defensemen Steven Santini and Jeremy Davies, a second-round pick in 2019, which the Predators then promptly traded to Philadelphia, mm-hmm. got pick number 45, and their man Igor Afanasiev was still there, so they snag him in round two, a guy they thought could have been there in round one. So could be a, a great steal for the Predators down the line. And, by the way, they got a second-rounder in 2020 as well. Why did David Poyle make the deal? We we thought maybe something could happen. We went into that weekend saying, are the Predators prepared to make a splash? I, I honestly don't remember it, but I guess I said on the show that maybe David Poyle and Ray Shearer would have breakfast, discuss where they're going to dinner later <laughs> on. They had a little bit more than breakfast. David said in a release, we appreciate PK's contribution to the Predators and the Nashville community over the past three seasons, which have seen our organization have unprecedented success. He was an integral part of our run to the 2017 Stanley Cup Final, the 2018 President's Trophy, and back-to-back Central Division titles. His work off the ice, it speaks for itself, an impactful member of our community, especially through his groundbreaking Blue Line Buddies program. But we had to make a business decision with an aim at strengthening our forward core this offseason and the continued strength of our defensive group. We felt it was necessary to clear up salary cap space in this way. That says pretty much all you need to know as to why the deal went down. I think that's a trade that happens for the immediate future and then for the couple years to come after that. So you've got three years left on P.K. Subban's deal, $9 million cap hit for each of those 27 over the three seasons. And David Poyle came out and said very clearly this was a business decision to allow us to be better at forward, to upgrade that a group of players because that's where they think they need to be as a team. That's what they think will work better under Peter Laviolette system, the head coach. So I think some people took that a couple different ways and maybe even incorrect ways. Some people thought, oh, business decision. They just couldn't afford him. They had to get rid of him. Or, oh, this was about what they got back for P.K. Subban. And I will say this. So Ray Shiro said in an interview on the 31 Thoughts podcast that 
David Poyle was actually very specific about getting Davies and Santini, those two prospects. So we'll see. Santini could even have a role on the Predators this upcoming season. He's been a five or six kind of spot defenseman in the past. Um, So there's a chance he even plays for the Preds, but especially Davies, who was a seventh-round pick and has been excellent in college so Mm -hmm. far. And he's here at development camp this week. And he's here at development camp. I think he's the longer-term prospect that you'd like to hopefully see something out of. So it was primarily clearing that cap space so the Preds can likely sign a forward through free agency. And then the subtitle of it was, but we also have restocked our cupboard a little bit when it comes to prospects. They wanted Davies and Santini. They got them. You mentioned they get pick 34. They trade that to get 45 and 65. So then they actually got two prospects even for that. Two, yeah. So For two guys, Igor Afanasyev and Alexander Campbell, who they're both very high on, guys that they had rated much higher on their own list, Nashville did. Mm -hmm. So I think the question that we can – go ahead and ask ourselves and try to answer as best we can on this show is, is P.K. Subban for X, Matt Duchesne, Anders Lee, two or three guys, does that make the Predators a better team? Because it looks like, pretty clearly, that's what they're trying to do. Will they be able to do it? I think so. I think they'll make some kind of move on July the 1st. We'll see who it is exactly. Well, and I think it's important to mention these two points as well. One, David Poyle said he had four offers on the table. Mm-hmm. All of them were drastically different, and a key sticking point, which David said this is one of the main factors, and I think it could be the main factor, New Jersey was the only team willing to take on the entire $9 million per season salary for P.K. Subban. Every other deal that David Poyle had on the table, the Predators would have had to retain some salary. So Jersey was the only one willing to take on P.K.'s entire contract. That's key. The other thing that came out of it that wasn't even asked, that David brought up on his own, was he felt that if the Predators had not been able to sign Dante Fabro last spring, Mm -hmm. had he not come in and played those four regular season games and those six playoff games and look as good as he did, he probably would not have felt comfortable enough to make a deal like this. He feels so strongly in the little that he's seen of Dante Fabro that the rookie is ready to slide into a more prominent role, perhaps a top four role Mm -hmm. on this team, on the blue line, and that also gives him a little more comfort. He did say, David Poyle as well, I get that P.K. Subban's a great player in this league. Does this trade today make us a better team? I'm not prepared to sit here and say that. Of course. But at the same time, it's all part of a bigger plan. Mm-hmm. Could we see P.K. Subban be back in the Norris Trophy conversation this coming season? I think we absolutely could. The question is, is he able to maintain that level of play, bouncing back from an okay year by his standards in eighteen nineteen to be that good for the next three seasons? I don't know that that's the case. And I think this is a future podcast, so I'm not going to dive too far into this. But you do have to consider the whole factor with the expansion draft coming up with Seattle. So there would have been a possibility where you could have lost Subban for nothing in that case if you then, of course, had maintained the same roster for years to come. But now that you've freed up that salary, you can add, you can give Roman Yossi his contract, his new deal um, to extend past this coming season for likely eight years like we saw with Ryan Ellis. You have some more finances to do that, and then you've probably made your team better in the immediate future. So... The reports are out there that, again, this is the week right now, the courting period, as we've called it on this show, where unrestricted free agents are able to physically go meet with teams, talk them on the phone, talk real numbers. It's not a a tampering thing or something like that. You're able to really hear what an offer is. And our example on a previous show was the Predators knew that they had inked Nick Benino a few days before July 1st because they had extended the exact offer and he had accepted it. And that's why, again, you and I will be waiting around till 11 a.m., um, to have the Predators release official news, 
but I wouldn't be surprised if at 10, 9.30, 9, you really start to hear some rumors, especially if the Predators are going after one of these top guys because you'll have all the NHL insiders calling, all the agents trying to get all their sources to yep. say, looks like this guy's going here, looks like this guy's looking at this amount of dollars. So to that end, the rumors are that, or reports rather, are that Matt Duchesne visited with Montreal on Wednesday, that he'll be in Nashville on Thursday to hear their pitch, and it looks like the top teams remain the same. Nashville, Montreal, Columbus, Arizona probably in a bit of a wild card, at least for Matt Duchesne. So this is a conversation that we haven't had on this show because it's only existed for a year, but others have had it for probably three or four years, the Matt Duchesne to Nashville question. Is he the piece that they want, especially either on their first or second line as a top center? I don't think it really necessarily started at this point, but the 2016 All-Star Game is a moment in time for me when Matt Duchesne was here Mm -hmm. as a member of the Colorado Avalanche and essentially professed his love for the city, for country music, for just the vibe that this town has. Yeah. And that's not to say that David Poyle hasn't been interested in Matt Duchesne for longer than that. Yeah. But every summer, almost for as long as you and I have been here for five years, it seems like Matt Duchesne's name has always been connected to the Nashville Predators. Friend of the show, Chris Johnston, said on the 31 Thoughts podcast, he feels like it is a 100% chance that (laughs) Matt Duchesne signs with the Nashville Predators. I don't know that it's necessarily that high. You mentioned Montreal as another option. He was visiting with them and Duchesne's entire family. His French Canadian, mm-hmm. big Montreal Canadiens fans growing up. His dad, his grandfather, they grew up with that team. So th- there's some family lineage there that they're yep. already Habs fans. Mm-hmm. So you know he's considering that angle of it. We know that he also loves Nashville. So as we sit here and record this on Thursday morning in Nashville, for all we know, Matt Duchesne is meeting with David Poyle right now as we speak. So I think there's a bit of pressure on journalists in general, even in, and probably especially in sports, to be a bit hyperbolic. And, and Chris Johnson even said that in the moment. Like, okay, to make a headline, to have you talk about what I just said, I have to say 100%. Do I really think it's 85, 90? Maybe. But still, I mean, those are, those are really high odds, um, and we'll see what comes from that. We're going to have to carry this on into the next segment, the actual dollars and cents of it. But the Preds, as we sit here right now and record, as you said, $13.2 million is the number. We finally, by the way, since we last recorded, got the salary cap. It's going to yes. be 81.5. 81.5. And <laughs> a funny moment I'll mention real quick sure. in Vancouver at the draft. As we're oh, interviewing David Poyle, after, so after the seventh rounder is done, of course, David comes up. There's a huge media throng waiting to talk to him. Classic David sits down. What do you guys want to talk about? So we go on with the interview talking about PK and all of that. And then the question about the salary cap gets asked. And Literally, to, to no fault of David, literally as soon as he sat down for this interview, mm-hmm. the league announced the salary mm-hmm. cap, the actual number. So David said, yeah, we've been working at around, you know, I've been told maybe 81, 82. And Pierre Lebrun actually says, well, David, they actually just announced it at 81.5. <laughs> and classic David's just, you know, he laughs. And then he goes, well, darn it. I've been working all my numbers off of 82 million. We're going to have to adjust everything. Right. Well, now. he kind of even like physically slumps a little bit yes. for comedic effect. <laughs> so that was pretty good. Yeah. So the number is 81.5. The midseason report was 83. So to your point, some teams, the rumors were coming out more recently that you needed to lower that expectation. But a lot thought 83 could be the number. So let's carry this on into the next segment. But Matt Duchesne, Colton Systems, Rocco Grimaldi, those are the names. Can the Preds get them in 13.2? Do they look elsewhere? Let's discuss that in the next segment on the Preds Official Podcast on ESPN 1025, The Game.
segment two, Preds official podcast, ESPN 102.5 The Game, and streaming on The Game Nashville app. For more, go to NashvillePredators.com slash podcast. Thomas Willis, Brooks Bratton, continuing our conversation from the first segment. We talked for 12 minutes, and I feel like we barely even scratched the surface of the topic. The one that we want to discuss was free agency. Upcoming July the 1st, that's when it officially opens unrestricted free agents, and technically even RFAs now, which that's a whole nother conversation that doesn't need to be gotten into, are meeting with prospective teams right now. Lining up deals, we'll see a lot of them come out on July the 1st. What do the Preds do? They have $13.2 million essentially in available cap space. RFAs that they have qualified, Colton Sissons, Rocco Grimaldi. That means, in a sense, they want to negotiate deals with them now there is a whole reason we're like that is a signing and there's a raise baked in but i saw some people saying like oh what are the terms like they're resigned no uh, essentially it means in the next weeks months you'll likely see a cold systems rocker Maldi announced as here's our multi-year deal with them that sort of thing so we really don't know the financial terms but they're in a sense committed to so they're going to take a chunk of that 13.2 and the rumors are out there if the preds get a guy like matthew shane is it nine is it ten is it eleven is it less? I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Is it eight? It's going to be a lot. Yeah, we know that. I, I mean, some of the comps, the, the comparables, and we've mentioned this before. A guy like Kevin Hayes gets seven point one four million dollars a season in Philly. Sheesh. Jeff Skinner nine million dollars a season in Buffalo. Eric Carlson might as well have been fifty million dollars. It's not, but right, right, <laughs> the right. highest, the highest paid defenseman in the league. It's over eleven now yeah. in San Jose. So yeah. where does Matt Duchesne fit on that spectrum? If you're Matt Duchesne, when you see the Jeff Skinner deal, when you see the Kevin Hayes deal, you're thinking, well, great, I'm better than them. Exactly. And look what they're making. Exactly. What are you worth? What someone will pay you? I think you have to remind yourself yep. of that. Oh, that guy's only worth eight. If someone pays him nine, I got news for you. He was worth nine. Like, that's how it works. And then you can debate in year four if the contract was worth it. So here are the qualifiers that you've probably seen on Matt Duchesne. His two best seasons come in contract years, including this last one. But on average, he's roughly around a 55, 60-ish point guy per season sort of player. But the question is, is what he was able to do in just this last season with the Senators and then toward the end of the season with the Blue Jackets, is that who he's going to be for the next three, four, five years? That's what the Predators are hoping for. But as soon as you start to say, oh, well, this guy was you know 70, but once we get him, he'll be 80, I, I think you broach on dangerous ground. And then the other part of it is, it's July 1st. There's going to be overpayment. There just is. When you are building your team through free agency, a guy that more reasonably is worth 6 to 8, it's probably going to get 9 to 10 or something like that. So the Predators have to ask themselves, are we willing to, in a sense, overpay to get this guy? Um, And then we'll see. If they have to do more than a number than maybe they're wanting to, does that free up that they have to trade someone else? Do they have to make another move like they did with a P.K. Subban to free up more cap space? I think it's possible. One thing, way back at the beginning of the show, you called me the social media guy because I was using Cap Friendly's tool, which they're a website um, that you know just tracks contracts and trades and numbers and that sort of thing. Usually a pretty good resource, but again, you know, it is a third party, so they don't know all the ins and outs of everything. But I was on their tool yesterday, I guess, and was looking at the comparables of if Duchesne signed in Montreal or if he signed in Nashville after taxation, what would his take-home pay be? And again, I 
I've not lived in Montreal. I don't know the ramifications of the provincial tax, the city tax, all this sort of thing. Again, it's just a tool. Anyone can use it. It's, it's a beautiful city, but that's about all we know. Right. It's available on the World Wide Web. But so the sense was, and again, I picked this number of my own accord, but I said, if Matt Duchesne gets $9 million, then his take-home pay is going to be 4.2, which again is a whole lesson on how much taxes is, but... The same number at nine is 5.7 in Nashville. So easy math, that's $1.5 million more. And they just set off a firestorm, especially in Canadian Twitter fans who are just, oh, that is not true. Oh, what with sponsorship deals? Oh, oh. And then the one guy was like, I just don't see how a social media guy would even know something. <laughs> how like does this. this social media guy know how numbers and math work? I mean, yeah. that that is a selling point yeah. for the Predators. And for other teams like the Dallas Stars, 100%. like the Vegas Golden Knights, there is no state income tax in Tennessee. You are going to make more money. You're going to take home more money playing for a team like the Nashville Predators than about 28 other teams in the National Hockey League. That's just how it works. Yeah. I mean, and again, that is something that David Poyle, Brian Poyle, and his team are saying to Matt Duchesne right now. That's not something they have to hide from. It is a fact. That's how the laws are set up. They're likely saying to him, you, what you just said, you'll take home more, you know. So we'll see. Does that mean Montreal would have to pay a Duchesne nine and a half and therefore Nashville has to pay him eight? You could go that route. Or is it another way? Again, we'll see. Like, and then are the Canadians willing to do that, which they probably yeah. are. Could they do which, more? Because David Poyle, we also know, you talk about July 1, traditionally mm-hmm. the Predators are not a big spender on July yep. 1. That's not to say that they haven't signed guys because they have. But David Poyle is not someone who likes to overpay for things. We see these monstrous deals come out on July 1st all the time. And a lot of times they don't work out that well. Yeah. We were just looking the other day at some of the some of the worst deals of all time that have been signed. Remember the Rangers back in the mid-2000s signed Bobby Hole Leak to a mm-hmm. five-year deal worth, uh, I mean, huge money, like yeah. 50 or $60 million. Yeah. Or, or Jason Garrison in Vancouver yeah. signed a six-year, 27 Something million dollar deal. Even just a few years ago, Boston Bruins, Matt Bolesky. I think it was five years, like 20 plus million. I I think that guy played what, like a year for them? And I don't fault the player for that. If you can get that, of course, that's what I'm saying. If that's what you're worth. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then again, back to your comments earlier with Chris Johnson's report that he thinks it could be even 100% chance. Like, we may not even record this show completely. That's not even 100% chance. So we'll, (laughs) we'll see how that goes. But if someone's telling you right now, that Matt Duchesne is going to sign with the Preds or with the Canadians or whomever, they don't know because my bet would be Matt Duchesne doesn't even yeah. know who he's going to sign with. We right don't now. know. The insiders don't know. The sources yeah. don't know. Matt Duchesne probably doesn't know. And I think it's important, something else that I heard Elliot Friedman say the other day, you've got to have someone in your camp say to you, take out all the emotion, mm-hmm. take out all the dollars, and have someone say, think about you. Is this what you want to do? Mm-hmm. And hopefully Matt Duchesne and hopefully every free agent has someone like that in their camp saying, take a minute and think, yeah, maybe you're going to get a million, two million more dollars on a contract, but is that the right situation mm-hmm. for you? Is that where you want to spend the next five, six, seven years of your life? And this is a situation where everyone is giving you advice. Your oh, family sure. has oh, a yeah. rooting interest. Again, Matt Duchesne, again, for example, has a newborn son. I think he's five, six months old, something like that. Is that where he wants to raise his kid? That's a factor. He probably has David Poyle sitting here saying, hey, will you let us sign you for a lesser amount 
so we can sign someone else, so we can win a Stanley no. Cup. Which Don't you Predators think players, are, which players have done? Ryan Ellis did it last summer. Yeah, it, exactly. So there's so many factors, so many people telling even just him, and then all these UFAs, as you mentioned, different pieces of information. It's a, it's a tough time, man, and you're making a, a decision that impacts the rest of your life because you can even have this sense. You can sign somewhere for too much in, in theory, and then get traded because of it. You know, yeah. like there's just you don't know how it's going to play out exactly. Let's pivot for the rest of this segment and say, if not Matt Duchesne. Well, I was just going to say, yeah. I think it's important to say <laughs> for the 20 minutes or whatever it's been that we've spent talking about Matt Duchesne. Yeah, there's a lot of options. If he out there. does not come to Nashville, it is not the end of the world. And I think people realize that from what I've seen on social media. Yeah, lots of people want him. Lots of people are like, eh. So I, I think it's important to say that we don't know what's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, if if the Matt Duchesne, the marriage that seems inevitable, if it falls apart at the altar, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So some other top UFAs that you're going to see talked about, let's go through them real quickly. Artemi Panarin, who probably is the best unrestricted free agent available right now. He's only 27. He is an 80, 90-point player per season. He was recently with the Columbus Blue Jacks as well. Mass, Mass exodus from Columbus, unfortunately for them. Looks like maybe he goes to the Florida Panthers. Pack your sunscreen. Maybe Sergei Bobrovsky, the former Blue Jackets goaltender, does the very same yep. after Roberto Luongo has recently retired after playing more than 1,000 games. Good so point. Everybody wants to play for Coach Quenville, too. Remember, Joel Quenville is down there now. And again, the escalation on these contracts just keeps going up. Tyler Myers of the Winnipeg Jets, again, could resign, still possible. Looks like he goes somewhere else, though. That's a guy that's probably your third or fourth best defenseman on your team he might get $8 million a season, are the reports, because he's made it to free agency, and it's his right to go for more. Here are some names that could potentially additionally work for Nashville. Anders Lee from the New York Islanders, 28, played 82 games last year, had 28 goals and 51 points. Coming off only a contract that played him 3.75, I would imagine he gets at least six or seven, though. Why could he work for the Preds? Well, I think he's a guy that's got tremendous skill. And we were talking about it earlier. He's playing for the New York Islanders and Barry Trotz. And we know that Barry Trotz, of course, former Predators coach, plays more of a defensive system. Yeah. If he were to come to a team like Nashville with a Peter LaViolette behind the bench who likes to play that offensive up-tempo game, does someone like that, do his numbers improve? Mm -hmm. Does he become an even better player? And he's, I mean, that's your captain for the New York Islanders and Anders Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Do you let him go? And I've heard people say that, they're kind of shying away from him just for a minute because they're interested in a guy like Artemi Panarin. Yes. Are the Islanders a team that's going to make a big splash and therefore not be able to do something with Anders Lee? And I would say that's something you see happen a lot is that the one, two, three top names get all the focus and then all of a sudden it shifts to, oh, well, we had $9 million carved out to get Artemi Panarin. We didn't. So let's give seven to Anders Lee because we had it and we got to get Correct. him and we got to do something. I can't walk away as a GM yeah. and look at my team for next season and be like, ah, we didn't have yeah. it. And everybody's got their backup plan. We know we've talked about it before on this show. If, if we know anything about David Poyle, it's that he's a planner. Yeah. Right? He's got he's got plenty of backup plans. Trust me, if the Matt Duchesne situation does not work out, he's not throwing all his chips in on Duchesne. He's right. certainly kicking some tires on some other possibilities. And yeah, Anders Lee might be another one of them. I think Joe Pavelski is probably one from San Jose. Again, I, Does David Poyle look at Matt Zuccarello? Does he look at Corey yeah, Perry, yeah. a guy who's been rumored Let, over well, the last couple of let's days? Let's check Corey Perry for a second. And you're right, Pavelski, who had 38 goals last season, but yeah. is 34 years old. I mean, yeah. what a wild card there. So, how, like, yeah, so exactly. So a guy who's 34 years old, 
What's, what's, the, what's, the, goals? what's the term on that? Exactly. Deal. He meets with Dallas and the Lightning are the reports yeah. so far. Corey Perry, though, so he's an interesting one. My assumption would be that he's come up more as a backup plan. There's been some reports linking him to Nashville. Here's my take. I think you're somewhat in favor of it. I am not, and here's the reason being. I think he's going to get a multi-year deal. I don't think you want to do that. I think, you could, of course, he was just bought out by the Anaheim Ducks because they looked at him and said, I think it was two more years left on his deal, more than $8 million a season. That's a tough buyout to do. That's a lot of cap space, a lot of money to have to give him. But they still wanted to move on, wanted to remove his contract from the books. I think that's a sign that he maybe has even a little bit less than some would want him to have. I think you see this every season. There's a guy that was like, oh, man, it's a former 30-goal scorer three or four or five years ago, and I'm, I'm sure if we play him on our team and we give him the prove-it deal or the couple years that he'll be able to bounce back and be the Hart Trophy winner that he once used to be. I only sign Corey Perry personally if it's a prove-it deal in probably a one-year scenario. We saw that with Mike Ribeiro. Worked very well for Nashville yeah. productivity-wise. Didn't work as much with Cody Hodgson. That's kind of how they work. you know. Scott Hardnell, for example, recently took the one-year deal with the Preds and had an okay year. But I think the caveat with Corey Perry for me is this. If you have this understanding of, oh, he can get us 15, 20, 25 goals, you're playing him on your second line. And in the Preds' perspective, if he's on the second line, well, then Mikhail Granlin, Craig Smith, someone like that, are getting fewer minutes. And then if your logic is, well, we'll just put him on the third line, I mean, because we're not going to pay him that much, then you always have to ask yourself, it's the catch-22 of you're playing fewer minutes, but you're also playing against, you know, an opposition that's not as tough, but you're also playing with players who maybe aren't as skilled. So for me, I don't know that a two or three year deal for Corey Perry, it makes the most sense for Nashville, but I wouldn't be surprised if somebody gives it to him. Well, you thought we were going to disagree. I agree that that's the only way you should do it. If if it is a prove it deal, right? I I don't think, I don't think it's worth a two or three year deal Mm -hmm. in that, in that situation. And there are teams that will certainly offer him that. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. I think there's a lot of interest on Corey Perry. And to me, he's the classic example of you despise him until you have him. Yeah. Right? There, there, every team, just about every team has that player that you just love to hate. I mean, that's sports. Yeah. Right? You're like, oh, I can't stand that guy until he's on your side and he's doing what he did to you For all sure. those years to the opposition. You're like, okay, I kind of don't <laughs> mind that now yeah. that he's – bashing his former teammates heads or you know whatever <laughs> whatever he's doing i don't know hopefully not like, that extreme I, well sure i feel like a guy like Corey perry though he's he's i think he personally has a lot to yeah. prove i mean again it could work out we'll see on, on the right terms on the right deal maybe he does make a team better maybe well, it's I, even the preds uh, the one thing i do know is thank goodness you and i are not the ones that are responsible for the money and handing these contracts out i declare Bankruptcy! I mean, go. I would be yelling that from the rooftops, no question. Thank you, Michael <laughs> Scott, for that. A word on restricted free agents as we close. Yes, Mitch Marner could get an offer sheet for $12, $13, 14000000 million. But before you convince yourself that's what your team should be doing, remind yourself of the compensation if it doesn't get matched. It's not just Mitch Marner for $12 million. It's Mitch Marner and probably your next three, four first-round picks. For Mitch Marner. I don't think that's the way you want to go as an NHL team. The compensation is insane, and other teams do not like that. That's not the way to make friends with other GMs. Just saying. And don't expect the Predators to do that. (laughs) Go the unrestricted route, we probably think. There is still plenty more to talk about. We didn't ask Philip Tomasino about free agency. He's still a long way from that. 
but he could be making an impact here in Nashville in just a few years to come. We spoke to him at development camp. You'll hear that chat next with the Predators' first-round pick here on the Preds Official Podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Welcome back to the Predators official podcast here on ESPN 1025 The Game and streaming on the Game Nashville app. Brooks Bratton and Thomas Willis back alongside you. It's been a while since we've been in our makeshift recording studio here at Centennial Sportsplex, but we've talked on this show before that when the NHL draft occurred in Vancouver, the Predators had the 24th overall pick in round one. We would probably have that player on the show at some point. That time has come. Philip Tomasino, pick number 24 for the Nashville Predators, joining us on the podcast. Philip, first off, welcome to Nashville. Welcome to Development Camp. How have the past couple of days been for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's been it's been pretty cool. Obviously, uh, don't know uh, a lot of the, a lot of the guys, and you know, obviously, I met I met some of the staff at the draft. But I uh, know it's it's fun to be able to you know meet everyone and, and get the chance to know know a lot of guys, and it's it's been awesome. I mean, uh, I didn't really know what to what to expect coming in. Obviously, it's been a kind of a quick transition uh, you know from the draft the draft is kind of uh you know what is it, i think six, five or six days ago, ago now so uh it's been pretty pretty quick transition for me but um, I'm, I'm enjoying it i'm having a lot of fun and uh, you know it's, it's awesome to be around these these guys and these, these coaches this coach staff as well so i don't think that it's much but how much contact happens like before you get picked like do you have any kind of warning that the preds are taking you 24 is it pretty much just oh it happens and then like you said all of a sudden you're a development camp a few days later yeah i mean it's a little bit of both obviously you i think you have uh you know, an idea of, of which teams are more interested than others for sure. And obviously, I knew Nashville. Uh, you know, I had a couple of you know great meetings with with, with their staff, and uh, you know, I had you know I had a good feeling that you know they were one of the teams that was one of, you know more interested for sure. And obviously, you know, to be to get my name called by by you know by, by that organization, it's, it's an amazing feeling. Obviously, they're they're first class, and you know, it's 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 been awesome since I've been here. So uh, I'm really thankful for you know first off for them giving me this opportunity and. Um, you know, it's just uh, when I kind of head into the draft, didn't really know what to expect, but to finally hear my name, it was it was an amazing feeling for sure. When we were walking around with you, just moments after you had been picked at the draft, you said you hadn't even turned your phone on. When you did turn your phone on, how many texts, tweets, phone calls, things like that? Everybody watching? Yeah, I mean, I had uh, had a lot of too many to count for sure. I think uh, my phone was was going off for for a couple of days for sure. And, uh, obviously, you know I have a lot of a lot of buddies and, and friends, and obviously family back home watching. So, uh, you know everyone's kind of cheering for me and happy for me. Uh, you know when, when it happened, and at the same time, you know I had a lot of buddies I got got picked as well. So, uh, really happy to to see them, you know, enjoy the moment and live live their dream as well. But uh, it was it was a great uh, a great uh, couple of days for me and and for, for for my family. So it was it was awesome to get the chance to you know spend some time with them and, and not you know kind of relax and just not have to worry about the draft afterwards. So. Now that you've used this week to meet the development staff, are they already telling you, work on this, work on that? We want you to be improving in this area already? Um, not too much. Obviously, I think I, you know, I have an idea of what, uh, you know, what, what I need to work on for sure, obviously, my strength. But uh, not, not too much for sure right now. I think it's just kind of you know, you know, enjoying the moment, easing into things, and uh, just trying to be your best at, you know, you know, on the ice and off the ice and just do, you know, be your, try to be your best at everything you do. And uh, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun, obviously. Uh, I, you know, I think you know, maybe maybe towards the end of the week I have a conversation about about that, those things. But uh, you know, right now I'm kind of focused on just just enjoying the moment and trying trying to be the best I can be. So, you said coming in that you really didn't know many of the guys. You're a couple days in now. Anybody that sticks out to you, you've enjoyed skating with, enjoyed getting to know in that sense. Uh, I think I think everyone. Obviously, um, you know, I knew Igor Fensayev uh, prior prior to the uh, to the draft. So. 
Uh, I know he's kind of the, one of the guys that you know I've I've talked to quite a bit for sure. And, uh, at the same time, I think it's fun to you know to, to push myself and ch- you know get you know be challenged against these, you know these guys. Obviously, there's a lot of great players out there, so uh, it's fun when you get the chance to compete against them. And uh, you know they're they're all great guys, and uh, you know they're all uh, you know welcoming and uh, you know making it you know pretty easy for me to adjust to my my first F camp for sure. So after this, what's next for you? What's coming next season? Um, well, I think right, right now, obviously, like I said, focus on this, but. Uh, I kind of have the, the World Junior uh, camp coming up in, in late July, so uh, i got to get ready for that. And obviously, you know, um, you know Niagara main camp and uh, ho- hopefully Nashville main camp as well. And uh, I think, uh, you know, right now I'm uh, kind of focused on finishing dev camp strong and, um, you know, long, uh, long and hard uh, you know, train of, uh, you know, summer train for sure. And, uh, you know, I want to be prepared for, for, uh, for Nashville's main camp and, you know, come in here and, and be one of the one of the top guys for sure. And, and you know, I'm going to do everything I can to, 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 to do that for sure. So, so you grew up in Mississauga, Ontario, outside of Toronto. Leafs fan growing up. What were your tendencies growing up? Favorite team, favorite player, that sort of thing. Um, I didn't really have a favorite uh, favorite team. I think I love you know I love love Sidney Crosby. Uh, still still you know love the way that guy. Uh, the way, first off, the way he plays and the way he you know he, he handles himself off the ice. I think uh, you know he's a true pro. Obviously, I've you know I've tried to learn a lot from him. And, um, you know, growing up, he was he was definitely um, my role model for sure, and hopefully, uh, you know, I get to get the chance to play against that guy real soon. So, mm, I like that. You're, you're 17, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you're born in 2002? <laughs> no, 2001. 2001. Uh, so you're about to be 18. Yeah, about to be, my birthday's in uh, about about a month month's time, so okay. not, not too far. He's he's close to you, Thomas. You're oh. coming up in July, and you're in July, right? In July, yes. All yeah. right, right on. Okay, well, the reason I have to ask that is because then that just broaches so many questions for me. <laughs> so, for starters, like when you think about the Preds, like obviously they've been around longer than you've even been alive. When you think of top Preds players over the years, do you have any that comes to mind? What's a moment that comes to mind? I'm sure you watched the run to the final in 2017. Yeah, that that's kind of when I first saw, you know, had a first glimpse of what the Preds Preds uh, organization was like. Obviously, growing up, I didn't really. Uh, didn't really know too much. I really, you know, only knew kind of Pittsburgh. They're kind of winning, you know, they won most in a lot of the years. And Toronto, obviously, growing up in that area. But when that, you know, when they made the finals, and I kind of saw the whole atmosphere, I thought that was that was amazing for sure. And uh, you know, we got we got the chance to you know, to see the obviously see the city and uh, see the you know, facility as well. And it's 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 outstanding. And I'm looking forward to you know to, to playing there hopefully in the in the near future as well. So. What do you think as a 17 or 8-year-old you face as an initial prospect that maybe guys didn't 20 years ago? I mean, there's, there's Snapchat now. There's all these different things that you're going through. What do you think's changed the most about your generation as they come into the NHL? Um, yeah, obviously social media. I think uh, it's a huge part of uh, you know a lot of people's lives today. I think it's uh, you know you got to be uh, definitely got to be careful of what, of what you post. And uh, I think for for uh, you know for for athletes, you got to be uh, you know. Just gotta be cautious and, and you know be yourself. Just you know don't don't do anything you know kind of you know that you wouldn't do. And a lot of people you know say don't don't post something you wouldn't uh, show your mother or something like that. So uh, just gotta be careful on that. And obviously you know a lot of pressure for sure. I think uh, you know every kid you know growing up uh, you know obviously when you get drafted to the NHL there's a lot of pressure to you know to be your best. And at the same time you gotta enjoy the moment. Uh, you know you get the chance to 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 play kind of play the sport you love. So. Uh, just enjoying and, and you know live every moment and doing, work your hardest every time you're on the ice for sure. So yeah, because I mean I got to feel like there's a fun side to it as well. I mean I, I know he was recently traded, of course, but PK Subban did social media so well. So I get the whole you have to be guarded, but you got to have fun with it and connect with fans and that sort of thing too, right? Yeah, for sure. I think you got to be yourself. Like I said, I mean um, you know you don't want to kind of be you know the boring boring person on a social media, but at the same time you got to you know you got to be yourself and, and have fun. Obviously, there's. Mm-hmm. 
there's there's a limit to, to what you can post for sure. But uh, you know nowadays every, almost everyone's on social media, so uh, it's 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 I think you know it's a great it's a great way to you know to kind of to, to be yourself and show show people what you know what you're made of for sure. So. Speaking of social media, shortly after you were drafted last Friday night, the NHL posted a bit of a questionnaire that I guess you had filled out. You said Stranger Things was your favorite show. You were talking to two huge Stranger Things fans. So I'm curious, why is that your favorite show, and what are you looking forward to coming up here soon? Yeah, I mean, I think it comes out uh, July, July, July the, new, the new season comes out July 4th, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I honestly don't, I haven't even watched it in almost a year now, so I I'm, I'm have to kind of get caught up on, on the first two seasons, but... Uh, yeah, I'm a pretty big Netflix guy. Obviously, Netflix is, is uh, it's really big now. So, I uh, you know I love, love that show for sure. So I definitely uh, definitely you know I'm, on my off days, kind of just you know, like sitting down and watching some Netflix for sure. So, is that the number one thing to pass the time, or are video games in there? Any other sports that you've played, or anything like that? Um, I think uh, you know obviously we've cut down a lot on video games. Um, you know, try to keep it to to minimum. You know, obviously maybe a few hours a week or something like that. But uh, I know Netflix is pretty big. I think uh, you know obviously a lot of great shows on there for sure. And, <laughs> Um, you know, you know the Raptors actually, you know, just won in the, the NBA championship, and obviously I'm from from Canada, so a lot of guys have been playing uh, playing basketball recently. So, kind of got into that a little bit. You know, sp- spent some time, uh, you know, outside with with my buddies, and uh, you know, I, I, honestly, I just you know, just love kind of relaxing and kind of just not not having to think about the game for a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think that's that's uh, you know that's what kind of what I like to do on my off days. But Netflix is definitely uh, definitely part of my my, my go to uh, off day kind of uh, activity for sure. So. And we are in Music City, so what are you listening to on that front? Um, I mean, obviously, I know country's uh, country's pretty big here, and I've got kind of gone to country, uh, you know, two two years ago for sure. And uh, I think I'm I'm uh, not too picky. I'm a pretty big uh, all around guy, and I'm not not uh, not too. I guess I'm I like every kind of genre. Obviously, uh, you know, rap's pretty uh, pretty big with uh, you know. Uh, with, with a lot of people now, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of a country rap or you know sometimes EDM and uh, you know throwback sometimes even a little rock as well and throw, throw some rock in there as well. So okay. right on. We're talking to Preds first round pick Philip Tomasino from this most recent draft here on the Preds official podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game. I'm still trying to wrap around my head around the fact that you're closer in age to my youngest sister than you are to me. <laughs> But other than that, how has, how has this week been of development camp, getting a taste of the Preds, and how does that just give you excitement for the years to come of potentially you know playing with this team in the NHL someday? Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot, there's a few guys that you know I've played games with with the Preds. You know, last year, and uh, I know to see see uh, you know what what they do and how they train. It's uh, it's pretty cool, and um, you know you know to get there, you have to you know you have to challenge yourself, and I think it's good for me to. You know, to play against these guys and compete against these guys, and obviously they're they're, they're all great players. So uh, it really pushes me, and uh, you know I'm looking forward to you know to spending the rest of the week with them and, and, and you know competing against them. And uh, you know we have a game on on Saturday as well, so uh, I think that's going to be pretty fun. And you know I'm just you know the city's obviously outstanding, and uh, the team like I said is first class. So uh, everything you know just everything is is awesome, and I'm you know I'm really enjoying myself for sure. So. Phil, what's the biggest thing you think you want to try to get out of this week when you leave here and say, yes, I'm, I'm glad I learned this or I did this, I can take this with me and really become a better player? Um, I think mainly, um, you know, maybe nutrition. Uh, we, we talked about it uh, a little bit yesterday. Um, I think that that's a huge part of, uh, 
I've you know being a successful uh, player for sure. I think uh, that's something uh, you know everyone can can work on for sure, and uh, that's a huge part of you know eating properly can definitely you know translate into you know to better better performance. So uh, that's something that you know it's only be, I've only been here for for three days now, but uh, you know I can honestly say that's that's something that I'll definitely uh, you know lo- you know continue to, to look after, and you know, I've definitely learned a lot from from the presentation from yesterday as well. So. Philip, I reiterate, Brooks is welcome. Welcome to Smashville. We hope to see you a lot more in the years to come. Thanks for doing this. Awesome, guys. Thank you. The Preds official podcast wraps up just after this as we answer your Twitter questions from the week right here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. That song is so stressful, it gives me heart palpitations. No, we're not out of the woods, and we'll never be out of the woods, You're in the woods, Taylor. Welcome back to the Are Preds. we out of the woods? <laughs> no, we've got another segment to do right here on the Preds Official Podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Reserve your spot in Smashville for this upcoming season with the Preds preseason pack. They'll play four times at home during the preseason, and you can go to every single one of them for the low, low price of $99 to sit in the upper bowl, $199 to go lower bowl. Oh, by the way, you get a free Chick-fil-A sandwich when you purchase a pack. National yeah, Players. you do. Yeah, you do. Naturalpreds.com slash preseason is the way to go with that. Slew of Twitter questions using hashtag Preds podcast to get in on the show. We only have a few minutes. Here we go. White Rabbit, does Matt Zuccarello fit with the Preds? Would pursuit of him make sense? Potentially. I, I think it's worth a look, but I don't know that he's top of the list. I mean, we saw what he did with Dallas against the Predators in the playoffs. We know he can still play. Great series. But I don't know that the Predators are looking for a winger of his caliber at this point. Agreed. I think they go down the middle of the ice at center would be their ideal upgrade rather than a smaller winger. Alex, what's more exciting? Christmas, trade deadline, playoffs, or free agency? Christmas, playoffs, free agency, trade deadline. Really, I would only switch. I think I'd go trade deadline over free agency because the thing with the trade, like it's one thing to just hand out a contract, yeah. But with the trade, like you're giving up pieces, they're moving teams, and just the whole thought of just trades. We talk about it all the time. Like actually, trade deadline might be first for me now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Christmas. <laughs> Garrett wants to know what prospect in the Preds system other than Tolvanen looks most likely to make an impact for the Preds this season. That's an easy answer just because there's not really a lot of them. I think Rim Pitlick is really is the only shot there. And we're not considering Dante Fabro in that realm anymore? Yeah, Dante not. Fabro's in he, the second pairing for me at this yeah. rate for the Preds. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm not counting Dante Fabro. Rim Pitlick is the only other guy outside of Tolvin and Fabro that has a game of NHL experience, and he only has one. Don't forget about Anthony Richard. Anthony Richard is an option as well. Uh, could Carrier be an option as well? Frederick Allard. Alex Carrier, or Carrier, depending on who you are. I don't know, maybe, but... I think Rim Pitlick probably would be the first guy to get a recall once you see an injury. I'll go with that. Susan wants to know, based on development camp, who do you anticipate having a chance to be the, quote, Rocco of this year? The Rocco of the year. There is only one. <laughs> There's only one Rocco. Yeah, I mean, I think Rem Pitlick might be that guy for me as well. I, I think it's a guy like, you've got Pitlick, Tolvin, and Fabro at development camp. You want guys like that at development camp, yeah. especially a guy like Fabro. You're like, why is he here? Yeah. He's not done developing. Mm-hmm. Just because he's played in the NHL doesn't mean you still don't come to development camp. I think they like guys in a leadership role to show some of those younger players, here's a guy who's played in the NHL, here's how he works on the ice, here are his habits off the ice, this is what it takes to be a professional. See, I take that question as who's going to be an under-the-radar free agency signing, maybe come in like a Rocco Gamali did. Let me tell you, there's a lot of signings that happen July 1 to July 5, something like that that you don't even really pick up on, but Brian Poyle, Scott Nickel, those sort of guys managing even for the Admirals. Yeah. 
they nail a lot of those signings. Rocco Grimaldi being one of when them. When the Predators signed Rocco Grimaldi last summer, we weren't all jumping up for joy saying this guy's going to crush it. Never did I have him penciled into the starting lineup. And he didn't make the opening night lineup. It yeah. was close. But then, boy, was he recalled quickly and then made an impact, especially in that first-round series. I, frankly, still cannot get over how much of an impact Rocco Grimaldi made in Game 5 and Game 6 of uh-huh. Round 1 of that That's series unreal. with Dallas. It blows my mind. Connor Ingram, too, the goaltender of the Predators, yeah. traded for from Tampa Sneaky. Bay. Watch out yeah. for that trade. So Colin Blackwell was another guy that was signed with Rocco Grimaldi last year, and he's got some initial prowess about him as yeah. well. So I think, to be short, again, because that's the whole point of this segment apparently, I don't know that we even know the name yet. Could it be a Corey Perry that we talked about two segments ago? I I take it more like that. It's a guy that you're getting on a $1 million-ish deal that maybe doesn't even make the opening night lineup but comes up after an injury and surprises you. That seems to happen a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, this gentleman, Johnny, if Duchesne is signed, who's the odd center out? Benino Aturis. I don't know. that anybody Is anybody the odd center out if you keep those guys on your roster? Right. I think if you can, you do. Yeah. I mean, because then, for me, it's already enough of a debate of whether Subban for Duchesne or someone like that was an, enough of an upgrade. I think that it is in yeah. the short. But if you're now then adding Subban, Turris, and someone else for Matt Duchesne, I don't, I don't know that you want to do that, ideally. Yeah. He also said to the Predators sign a veteran defenseman this summer, Maybe, but I'm pretty darn content with the defense right now. Steven Santini is more than capable of playing in the NHL. If you've got Hamhus, Santini, Weber, and Irwin as your bottom four defensemen, if you're sliding Dante up into the top four, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty darn happy. Don't forget about Dan Hamhus. I I said Hamhus. Okay, good. Pay attention. Well, don't forget about him. Don't forget. Don't Don't you. (laughs) Forget about me. Don't, don't, don't. Now we're wasting time. Uh, but no, I do agree with that question. It does seem like a veteran defenseman gets signed to the Preds basically every year. Yeah. I agree with your answer, though. Don't sleep on Santini. I think he could be an option that he's signed for next season as well. So yeah. it's not even as if, oh, he'll just be around for a year. It yeah. looks like he's going to be here for the next two seasons. He could have a role. Yeah. Justin Bradford said, explain why you both wore green shorts on Wednesday at development camp. Well, that happens more than I'd care to admit. Honestly, <laughs> we're both wearing, so we're both wearing Predators polos today. Like, that's fine. Right. Like, we do that oftentimes. But, like, same color dress shirts, ties. Like we actually have some of the same dress shirts, and like that's happened before. I we mean, we we wear similar clothing more than I'd care to admit, and and we don't. It's not like we call each other. People will tell you that there's 365 days in the year. I think somehow we see each other 400 times a year. I don't even know. I don't even know how we do. I feel like we work together for 450 days out of the year. I don't even know how that's possible. Well, you heard we just started singing Don't You Forget About Me right at exactly the same time. I, I just mean that to say, yeah, the law of averages would say eventually we're going to wear the same things. My comment to that question would be, I think they were more turquoise, and yeah. I'm very proud of Justin Bradford for calling my shorts green because yeah. he is correct. We love turquoise green. is more green. Green's a favorite color. Hey, by the way, the NHL schedule came out Nashville Predators. Oh yeah, by the way, for all that information, there's so much more we'll get to in upcoming podcasts on development camp, the draft. There's plenty to get to. We will get to it eventually, but of course, we had to talk about July one. July one, 11 a.m. Central Time. Stay tuned to your phones, your computers, your tablets, your apps. We will certainly your let you know pigeons, on Nashville Predators, machines, on NashvillePredators.com, pagers, if and when something happens. Nice. Stay tuned. You will be the first to know about it. For Thomas Willis, you can follow him at Tommy Willis on Twitter. I'm Brooks Bratton. You can follow me at Brooks Bratton on Twitter and Instagram. Tweet us your questions, as always, using hashtag Preds Podcast. And stay tuned to Preds NHL in the days to come. Episode 41. Shout out to Dave Matthews Band fans of the Predators official podcast on ESPN 1025 The Game. For more, NashvillePredators.com slash podcast. Thanks to our new friend Philip Tomasino for joining us this week on the POP. We're live on all your favorite podcast delivery services. Thomas Willis, 
No sleep for the next few days. Shout out to Jed Ortmeyer, the last Nashville Predator to wear 41, I think. No, Taylor Beck. Taylor, Taylor Beck. Beck. Shout out to Taylor Beck. We love Taylor Beck. See ya.